learning leaps and bounds here on the Jake Feinberg Show. Welcome back inside the Parisi Palace, high above 2919 East Broadway. This is hour number one of the Jake Feinberg Show, coming to you live on Power Talk Live. We are a full-on internet broadcasting uh, company, streaming worldwide. Download the Power Talk app on your smartphone and your computer. Can stream all of our live local shows and uh it's an honor to have you part of the program today and without further ado i wanted to bring in a a cat who's been performing for quite some time multi-dimensional player singer dancer and performer uh she currently has her own band right now that remarkably remains sustainable and gigging in the 21st century linda imperial welcome to the jake feinberg show thank you thank you so much for having me, well, it's an honor I'm to new this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an honor to connect with you. You know, I wanted to ask you about um, uh, the, your 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 exposure to to black music uh, as a girl growing up. I mean, teenage years, uh, really, because um, you know you had the the white girl growing up scared to turn on the radio, and then the black side of you that wanted to hear the groove and the soul. I just wanted you to take us through that that impact that you had as a young woman. Well, I had a, a wonderful, unique um, life experience growing up. I lived, um, I'm part Native American, so I lived on the reservation. Wow, cool. Um, I'm from Oklahoma, uh, Tulsa. But I went to school in St. Louis, and... I have, uh, my mother has a large family, and I would go visit one of my aunts on the reservation, and my cousin and I would go hear different music, and my first, I think I was like 12, 13 something, uh, Fats Domino was uh, playing in the gymnasium, and I was so enamored, so um, excited about his freedom and his ability to just give uh, so graciously that I was really having fun in the audience. And he pulled me up. He saw me, and he pulled me up on stage, and I actually got to sing with him. Oh, that is and unbelievable. I, I put that in my resume, and my husband David says, no, you can't do that. Take that out. You didn't, you know. But I sang with Fest well, 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 He should just, he, he's probably jealous. Why does he want? To, they shouldn't take that out of there. That's I, you know, I'm. I love anything that's sincere. Right. You know, I mean, if it's sincere, it wins me over. Um, because emotion, passion, love, uh, it's it's um, it's freeing, and it's giving me um, the uh, permission to be free as well. And I, I see that. Can you, uh, for the audience, uh, um, talk about um, the Native American side of your family? Were you privy to some of the uh, spiritual music or, or spiritual drum sessions or, or chantings uh, that were that were inspiring to you? That did, did that have an influence on your individual voice? It did. Um, I was very fortunate to um, have the information given to me by my my aunts and uncles. I think there were eight or nine people in my mom's family, and my, um, my grandmother was born in the 1800s, 
And then my great-grandmother actually walked the Trail of Tears. Really? So she, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful, enlightening um, story, and it gave me, it's my gift. It was one of my gifts. And it gave me the, um, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? I have no problem if you want to tell a truncated version of the story. I, I mean, most of my show is predicated on inspiration. So if there's a way to truncate it, I'd love to hear it. Well, it's, you know, art in any form um, is, is wonderful. And we, we all have passion and, uh, to be able to share passion. And stories are handed down, which helps build um, people, um, families, um, family stories. And everyone has a story. My story is no more greater or special than anyone because that we're all so incredibly sacred. Um, but I, uh, I, I'm very, um, um, I feel so lucky and fortunate to be able to have been influenced by the people who influenced me and absorb and and um, try to win my win over myself with my passion. Wow, so I, heavy. you know, yes. it, you yeah. just keep you just keep moving forward and struggling, and you know, you um, growing pains, artistic pains. Um, um, it's it's wonderful and it's challenging and it's wonderful and it's challenging and it's wonderful. You know, we just keep going. <laughs> Talking to Linda Imperial here on the Jake Feinberg Show live on Power Talk. Um, so, um, could you could you talk to uh, anybody listening all over the world? Any artist, any poet, any dancer, singer, performer? Uh, can you talk about uh, early part in your early career? Uh, where you were really fighting it. It could have been on a professional level or any level, but you were really fighting it. You had to overcome the adversity, how you did it and how it made you stronger. Well, okay, what I'm going to tell you is just really, um, I was in a car accident, and back in uh, Oklahoma on the reservation, uh, seatbelts weren't invented, and this particular person had an epileptic seizure while he was driving. So, of course, you know, there was going to be an accident. I go flying through the windshield. My nose gets cut off and blah, blah, blah. It's a real bummer. Um, it's, a, it's, been, it's affected me my whole life, my breathing. And so that's, you know, it's made me stronger because I want to fight to get that passion out you know, so you, it just makes you stronger. You know, you, you just get stronger. You get stronger. Um, and then I was mugged. I had my mouth. My jaw was broken in three places. My mouth was wired shut for a, almost a year. Wow. And I couldn't open my mouth. So that was another challenge. And I'm thinking, ah, okay, I'm not dead. I'm still alive. And now I have incredible strength and passion because I won over those moments of absolute hell. And with every story, with everything that ever happens to people or whatever, you, you, um, you learn from it. You, you, 
you um, own it, you embrace it, you capitalize on it, if you will. I mean, everything that we see is an art form. It came out of someone's mind, you know, um, who people just get up and keep moving forward. And with music, it's the one thing that transcends everything. I mean, uh, during the slavery, um, people weren't allowed to, it was illegal to be educated. So uh, music was a form of education. Uh, it became uh, a maps, you know, singing like the drinking gourd. That was a song. Yeah, I read that. I read that book to my my daughters. I can't believe you just you referenced that. It's awesome. Go ahead, continue. And um, you know, and then with the drums, the Native Americans, and then the uh, slaves, the drum was outlawed because it was a form of communication. So, it, it, we all life, beautiful life, beautiful, beautiful hearts souls, you know, navigate their way out of hell. Does the, that make sense? Oh, no, I think you're just, you're, you're, you're weaving poetry here. Um, I just, I'm curious, just from a technical point of view, like when you, when they unwired your jaw and you, I guess they reattached your nose, um, they, they did. you know, I mean, did, were there, were there, uh, did you have to get your chops back up? How did you, did you have some adjustments? I didn't think I would sing again. I didn't know if I would sing. I didn't know what was going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was afraid, you know, um, but I knew that I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to um, release whatever it is I wanted to release, which was, you know, a song, right. a passion. Uh, people have with acting. You know, they can relieve their their spirit by delving into someone's character and 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 I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> You're doing great. I just love to sing. <laughs> right. No. And and, and uh, but but it was ner- when did you? So how quickly did you start performing? live after that traumatic near-death well, experience? you know, we had, um, I went, you know, I was in school in St. Louis, and I think my first paid performance, um, I was still in high school, and I was hired to um, um, sing in this uh, swimming area at this hotel, and I thought, well, what am I going to play? It's like I've got bongos, and I love the Beatles. <laughs> and love, so here I I'm, love. you know singing yesterday <laughs> playing my little bongos you know oh but little moments like that just you know i don't care what i had to do i'm just going to do it and you know but it was really funny did you did you uh, I, I st louis uh, did you go to the black neighborhoods to the to to see uh, singers, did you get to see Nina Simone? Or these, 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 because I mean, St. Louis was about as my se- favorite. Yeah. You know, my favorite. Nineteen sixty-five. Yeah. I saw Marvin Gaye wow. in a gymnasium, oh, and it was my first experience at women going insane in front of me. <laughs> I love. I mean, just I all of a it. sudden, I love it. Just losing it, and I've never seen people react that hysterically to someone. 
Yeah, and it was kind of like Beatlemania, but it was Marvin Mania. Absolutely. Um, and w- the, the the I guess were you you were a, a white woman, but it was relatively black audience at that point. I didn't really classify um, black or white. Sure. It was just soul or not so much soul or a little soul or you know this is boring <laughs> well like ray, like ray charles would say i mean you know every music has you know can have soul you know we happen to have a, a label you know uh called soul but i mean i i, I dig what you're saying the bongo thing though uh what like so funny were you i mean what i'm saying is were you were you getting off on like cal jader's stuff afro-cuban stuff i mean that to me you're a dancer too so i mean that stuff was intoxicating at that time i don't think marvin had a conga player in his band at that point but i'm just curious like to me to bring out a a couple of bongos jack costanza was rocking the bongos at that point you know well mine was very um um I, 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 it was really funny, you know, <laughs> and if it was me watching me right now, I would go, oh, look how precious, poor thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, um, so. yeah, no, I, I dig, um, uh, talking to Linda Imperial here uh, on the Jake Feinberg Show. Linda, can you, did you ever do any work at, at Second City in San Francisco, any of the theater houses, any lesbian clubs when you first got out there? Well, I did, and, you know, Second City, they, they were um, an acting troupe out of Canada. Yes. Yeah, and I was, I, was, I was kind of successful. You know, I had some songs that were charting on Billboard, and I was doing um, uh, touring, and I thought, well... I don't know why they won't let me open up for them, you know, um, because they were so big. And um, I really admired all the um, comedians and the actors, and I I really, I thought they were great. Um, Refresh your question again. I want, this is what I'm fascinated, a lot of the jazzers and cats that I talk to, especially in San Francisco, uh, you know, they loved being able to go and play behind a lot of the cats that were developing their comedi- comedian chops, whether it was Alan Arkin or, you know, there were other cats there, too. Um, it was a lot of a lot of games. There was a lot of games that, you know, I think uh, this guy, Bill Matthew, was 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 running the, the, sh- the show over there. And I wanted you to talk about, I guess, people today, everything's so easily given, you know, transferred. There's digital. We get everything simultaneously. We do everything is happening in the moment. But to me there's a lot of spontaneity within the games that were played and you were a multi-dimensional entertainer and so i wanted you to talk about some of these kind of creative sort of spontaneous games that might have taken place um that 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 are that were inspiring to you um okay uh what really inspires me is when you see another artist or other people encourage and help another artist uh, for the sheer purpose of um, appreciation. Um, I, um, I, yeah, 
I'm sorry. I don't quite. I had an answer for you, but I forgot. It's okay. It was so fleeting. I forgot. It's okay. I mean, I'm stretching. This is a stretch. I mean, all I'm saying is that there were places for guys that I've interviewed. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. Go ahead. I, we, back in the early 70s, um, mid-70s, this vocal group that I was involved involved with, Laverty, we played um, this one club. It was called... I can't remember. It was, you got to remember the name. You got, it was, uh, you got, what was it called? The Blue Dolphin or something? I just need to know. No, it was the Pony or something. I don't know. Okay. But it was a gay club of mm-hmm. men and women. Sure. And, um, and it was really, really great. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. We, we did really well there. And about 10 years later, when I came out with my solo, um, as a solo artist, I thought, well, maybe I can play that same club. So my agent uh, at that time booked me in the same club. The song that I was promoting it was called Thank Men, and the club had gone completely, it was all women. Um, so I come out singing, thank God, and there wasn't a man in the club. They were all, you know, uh, gay women. <laughs> yeah, right. So they thought that was kind of funny. It was like, oh, my God, what <laughs> yeah. is she Doing here. That's amazing that it was a matrix at the time when you first went. It was it was gay men and women, but then it just went over to women. Well, it's um, it's business. It's you know, sure, um, sure. who knows? Can you tell me the name of the? I song? mean, a lot of straight name- clubs um, yeah. will actually have a few nights where they're gay because you know um, they're so successful and the music is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me? You cut out for a minute. The what was the name of the song that you were you were that was that was hot at that time that you, when you came? It was back? called "Thank God for Men." Thank God for Men. I love it. I love this man. I love. Did you did you have a chance to? Um, well, first of all, going back for a minute. Can you tell the audience about some of the some of the tunes that were were hitting the Billboard? Uh, you mentioned that you had some tunes that were quite popular, and and that's how you got, gained some attention going back earlier. Well, we, you know, in the early 70s, we, you know, the San Francisco, um, around the Castro area, we basically started dance music. There was Sylvester um, and Martha and Isor, which later became uh, the Wonder Girls, Two Tons of Fun. Wow. And, wow. Um, it was, I feel, totally responsible for putting a rock guitar on a disco song because I was always into rock. My first rock band was called Kid Courage in San Francisco, and that was so. I always loved rock. I loved, you know, blues, jazz, soul, funk, you know, whatever. But I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a rock guitar in a dance song? And it did very well. Um, we had many songs. I did. Um, it didn't. I really, some of these songs, I had no idea. I didn't realize that the Internet, you know, I thought you just do your thing and try to pay your rent. You know, when someone says, oh, will you do a song for me? It's great. They're hiring me. Oh, I can, you know, pay my rent. (laughs) You know, and to survive as um, an artist was just a major accomplishment. You know, little did I know that, oh, my God, everyone's going to hear these songs, you know. Well, the version of Stand By Your Man. 
Well, I, you know, I, I dig. I mean, also, let's be clear that in the early 70s in San Francisco, it was it was a still a very livable city, even if you weren't making a lot of money. I feel very badly today about the gentrification that's taken place and uh, the uprooting of a lot of uh, the potential for organic art to be created. Because let's face it, you could be a dishwasher in San Francisco in the early 1970s, make a couple hundred bucks a week, and you could still live in an apartment overlooking the bay. You could live in a beautiful flat, and it was such a neighborhood for women. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was so safe. Safe. It was Um, safe. It was safe. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah, it was very safe for women, Um, and that's why I lived there, because it was just, it was around the Castro. So, um... I wanted to put put a tune in here that I discovered last night when I was woodshedding for this interview, and uh, let's take a listen to it, and we'll come back and talk about it, okay? Okay. Music on the Jake Feinberg Show brought to you by the Pretzinger Agency of Allstate Insurance, the Circle Tree Ranch, Abbott Taylor Jewelers, the Stereo Hospital, and the Jewish Community Center of Southern Arizona, and we thank them for their support. All right, diehard lover, what do you got for us? Oh, my God. I mean, really. <laughs> that I, was, that was, yeah, you know. Um, break it down. I, Frank really wanted to help me. Um, you know, because we were a vocal group and we we all would sing lead, and so um, he and Patrick Kelly wrote this song, that song for me to sing. And you know, I'm, I'm listening to my voice, and it's like, oh my god, my voice sounds so little, so tiny and thin. Well, it's hard but, on the phone, but I mean, you know, you're, <laughs> it, you're it's rocking on. You know, it's totally rocking out. I mean, t- can you explain like? What was I, I? There must. I mean, for it to have been on the charts for months and months. What, in your mind, looking back on it, what was so seminal about it? I mean, it, it seemed like it was one of these, you know, modern, it, it, like disco had not completely infected our the music and the drum track. And I mean, that was all live people playing. I mean, can you right. talk? Can you talk about what was kind of seminal in your mind about 
Was it the hooks? I mean, the lyrics are great, but what, what, why do you think it was so? It, it, it had such resonance. It the pulse. People love to dance. Sure. People love to, um, you know, a disco was a, a solid beat, so it's easy for people. Even if you don't dance, you can at least move and not look funny. <laughs> <laughs> I dig. Um, I dig. But with a lot of it is the hook, you know, um, and it was just, you know, it it was a good song. The sax player was great. Uh, the musicians were wonderful. Uh, that particular song, like I said, Frank and, and Patrick uh, wrote it because they wanted me to sing it. But when we got into the studio, um, uh, Bill Motley really, really, really wanted Frank to sing it. And so he ended up singing it, and I was just crushed. Uh, but they gave me a little version of it, where, and I was like crying in the studio. I was like, "Oh, I didn't, you know, I missed out, and blah." blah. You know, your your heart's broken because you, you know, you thought that was going to be your song. So what I'm hearing in my voice, I'm hearing because I was so sad, and I was like trying to, you know, hold back the tears, but still sing in the studio and not, you know, let everyone know. I'm like falling apart i'm a strong soldier <laughs> of course yeah no i mean it, that's, that, in anything that's what you got to just you know so you but you held it together i mean i i guess the other thing i want you know i have interviewed rita coolidge long, i love rita coolidge well she's also half native Amer oh. she's also native american too yes and uh her and priscilla priscilla jones her uh, Priscilla, um, her oh, sister. that's yeah, yeah, that's right. But this year, was, this year, I've interviewed uh, Lanny Hall, her Evie Sands, you, now yourself. I, I I would like you to to talk about um, how how hard is it to be a woman in the music business? It's so hard. Why? It's just, why? It's so why, incredibly why, hard. Why though? Well, one, you know, it's we. There's a double standard. Um, we, you're, you have to, and it's so hard to keep looking and, and having the appearance to stay in the industry appearance wise, you know, uh, so you have to really try to keep that up, which is really hard. Um, uh, just having an opinion, uh, in the studio, uh, I know from because men are more aggressive, you know, and women um, will just kind of pull back, you know. So it takes a, a really strong woman to get her across. Um, I know that when David, the only time we ever really argued was in the studio. <laughs> because he never listens to me. Right. Well, he's—I mean, he—he's got a track record there, so I'm sure, I'm sure he's got I'm sure he has a hard time listening as, as far as uh, when it comes to production. But yeah, I mean, so so you have to—I mean, because I'm beginning to connect with a lot of my generation of of girls coming up now, and I I also I think it's important just so it's 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 stick to itiveness. It's it's being strong headed. It's it's knowing that you believe in what you do. Um, and then how do you deliver that tactfully without alienating people? Although dudes can absorb a I've lot of I've been known to jump over drumsticks and <laughs> just get right in <laughs> and just oh, look man. at the drummer yeah. and 
almost share spit, I mean, just to get my point across. I dig. But wow. I'm, th- I'm hoping, you know, I'm shedding that, that, that um, with age, it gets lighter, and you're not, I, I don't get so emotional. Um, but it's, it's hard because men, uh, women have, um, okay, to give you an example, I had no idea I was co-producing um, a lot of the things that I was doing. I was just coming up with hook lines and background parts, and and because I was very kind of timid, and I didn't want to, you know, I was just so grateful to be there that I didn't want to make waves. But, you know, 20 years later, I realized, oh, my God, I helped create that. Right. And I didn't get... Um, um, appreciation for it. So you you just get stronger. You get um, hopefully you don't get too jaded. But you know some of the women that I really admire, like Linda Linda per, Linda Perry. Yeah. She's she's so incredible, and Christine Aguilera is just amazing. Um, I have so many singers that I just love. Um, Tata Vega. Have you heard of Tata Vega? Uh, uh, yeah, she yeah. Was, I know the name, yes. I don't know the music all that well. You mentioned Shannon Morrison, too. And Shannon, I mean, Shannon is, she's such a great singer. Her dad, uh, Van Morrison, of course. is just, you know, great. And she's so, she's really good. And she's very, um, very sweet very um um she doesn't have a chip on her shoulder if i could ask you one question as we wrap up part one here with linda imperial uh one of the l's on my show is love and i just want you to talk about your your concept of love and how you bring love to the world Uh, my concept of love and how i love to the world i really try to love me and be really good to me so I can be good to other people. Can you give an example? Um, when I'm at peace with myself and I, um, I, I have compassion, I, um, um, when you can really try to see and be, step into someone else's shoes, even though you don't agree with them, right. uh, you can understand you know, the human experience and people theoretically are, you know, uh, circumstance can make people go um, astray. And, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, so I'm constantly uh, chanting for people's happiness and people's health. Uh, if someone's sick, I'll, you know, do what I can give them energy and um, it's good to be some people are like these black holes they can suck the life out of you but it's great when you can be a sun when you can actually generate energy and goodwill and when people do that I know when I do that I become stronger as an artist my uh, songs have um, a deeper meaning and people want to hear me they don't want me to um, you know, they don't leave the room when I enter. 
Right. No, it's, it's I, I, I just, it's always about being a beacon of light. And uh, I really hope that the Linda Imperial Band can make their way down to Tucson, Arizona at some point. There's a nice venue for you guys to play at down here. Uh, I would love to connect with you in person. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to tell Steve that we have to, you will absolutely love us. We're so good. Well, I, I just, I, yeah, I would, I just, you know, to, I, I get off uh, uh, on the musicians as much as the music, but I, I want you guys to come here and be a beacon of light. And uh, although we don't need the heat, it's 116 right now, but maybe in the fall or um, I just love that. I'd love to have you come down because um yeah, I mean, you exude all the energy and positivity and values that the Jake Feinberg show is trying to, to push forward in the. 20th. Well, you're my first interview. I've never, you know, I I was a little scared because I I don't know what, you know, um, but you thank you for being for making me feel so comfortable. I I really appreciate that. Well, you better believe it. And there's some great content. So make sure you friend me on Facebook because I'll be uh, cranking out some stories later, and we can uh, all share. You will and Facebook me. Tell me who you know. So and then. I will. I okay. Will. Yeah, Linda, God, uh, many blessings to you and David, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. All right. Bye, Johnny. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with Papa Molly on the Jake Feinberg Show.